Hello everybody and welcome back to this week's episode of And In Other News, your weekly dose of light relief from an otherwise heavy news feed. I'm Daisy. And I'm Ellie. And this week we're going to bring you three stories. One that is going to warm your heart, hopefully. One that's going to make you think and then one that is weird and wacky. Let's get to it. Sure thing. So this week's first story is one that I thought was heartwarming. Apparently Daisy doesn't quite feel the same. So (laughs) I'm going to sum it up and then I'm really intrigued to hear what you have to say about this. Mm -hmm. So this story was in British Vogue and it's called My Best Friend is Marrying the Nicest Man in the World. And it's by Annie Lord. And she essentially just talks about how her best friend is marrying her high school boyfriend. Not Annie's high school boyfriend, Mm. her friend's high school boyfriend, just to make that clear. Um, Vicky? Vicky, yes. Mm. Essentially what she's talking about is how her best friend Vicky is marrying her high school boyfriend and how initially in school she didn't really like her friend's boyfriend because she felt like he was taking her away from her and I thought it was a lovely story about how she bonded with him and how they made friends. I just thought it was a nice story about how they were still together and how much this guy had been there for Vicky but what did you think Dave? No I thought I thought it was sweet in general in that it was sending a good message in a way because she rounds it off by saying and I shouldn't have thought that I was losing my friend when she got a boyfriend I should have realised I was gaining someone else Mm. but then by the end of it I was just like you know what kind of sounds like you're in love with him and I can just picture this turning into such like a drama and then one day those two are gonna have an affair it's just gonna be so dramatic do you know what that wasn't what I was expecting you to say I thought you were gonna say that Annie just sounded super jealous that's so funny that that like yeah she's jealous like oh you're taking my best friend away but really it's that I'm jealous she's got a boyfriend and I don't and I kind of want to be with her boyfriend and now he's telling me I'm proud of me and it's making me want to write a whole entire news article about it I just oh, I don't know this is true but also I think there's absolutely no chance of having an affair because she shoots any passion straight down dead by the amount of times she uses the word nice He's so Ooh, nice. So? He's the nicest man ever. He's so lovely. And actually everything that she kind of describes about him, him squeezing her shoulder and calling him things like consistent and everything. I'm like, no, it's too, it's very platonic. Mm, do you think so? Because that kind of sounds to me like a um, best friend to love a trope. He was the most consistent man in her life. He was always there for her. Like, even her saying that, I'm like, hmm. I feel that. (laughs) I do. But also, I just think, even though she calls him Ryan Gosling, I just didn't get that vibe. Maybe maybe I'm just really cynical. Maybe you're really cynical. Maybe you just live for the drama. Maybe I do. But Tom sounds a bit like a Facebook mum as well. Like, she talks about... So Tom's the boyfriend. She always says, Tom's the only person that comments on my Facebook pictures. Tom always tidies up the tents after we go camping in the garden and la 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 la. He bought her dad some homemade mustard. I don't know. He he just sounds too nice for there to be some kind of passionate Mm. affair. Yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe if you know Tom, like she knows Tom, you'll know that it's just, you know, that he's just so nice, but you don't see him in that way. He kind of sounds like Vicky's puppy. Oh! Do you know what I mean, though? I'm not saying like, everyone loves a puppy. If you listen to this podcast, you'll know that me and Daisy are big fans of the puppy. Oh, we love puppies. This is, this is no hate. This is no you wouldn't hate. have an affair with one, though. 
no you wouldn't okay yeah maybe vicky doesn't see him as a puppy vicky sees him as a yeah. hot steamy man yeah. but annie article writer sees him as a puppy yeah i feel like there's a lot of different sides to ryan gosling he's a multifaceted yeah. man he is that's what you want really isn't it you don't mm. want a 2d boyfriend maybe i just think of ryan gosling as a dad because he gets old in the notebook oh yeah and then he's kind of like old notebook Ryan Gosling to Annie, but to Vicky, he's young notebook Ryan Gosling that's splashing mm. around in the water. Mm. Steamy. Hot, steamy man. Steamy. Hot, the steamy same man. way you describe a bow bun. <laughs> Hot, steamy <laughs> man. Perfect. Or you could ever want. The only other thing I didn't think was massively heartwarming was initially that yeah. she was talking about how jealous she was of him and how like yeah. she felt like she was losing her best friend to him. Yeah. Which I thought was sad. Um, I think that is sad, but I do like the way she came around from that. And I mm. think that maybe a lot of people can sort of relate to that. Yeah. That like when they've got a best friend and they've both been single. Or I've read some stuff lately about people who have bonded through the fact that they've both recently gone through a breakup. And like their whole relationship is established on them being single and getting over their heartbreak together. And then one of them gets a new boyfriend or something <gasps> like that. And the whole relationship kind of falls apart because all of their interactions were just based on heartbreak. <laughs> yeah. But I think it sends a good message in that you're not losing someone, things are changing, things are new, but it's not necessarily a bad thing. No, I like it that she sees it as gaining somebody else in the end. Yeah. And actually, yeah. I think losing your best friend to a boyfriend is something that everybody can relate to because when you're in high school, everybody always gets overexcited. And actually, it mm. was nice to see a story like that well, they stayed together for nine years from when they were 17 and then it ended up, you know, really well and they actually became really good friends out of it. I always like being yeah. a fun third wheel. Yeah, yeah. You know what? A third wheel is seen as such a bad thing, but sometimes it's on a tricycle. So, yeah, and I think by the sounds of it, sometimes Vicky's a third wheel, sometimes Tom's a third wheel as well. Mm, yeah, yeah, by the sounds of it, you know, with that crazy little fair waiting to happen that's going on there <laughs> should we check back in with the story in a couple of years time i'll give annie a call I get her on the pod we need to i think we need to did you secretly want to have an affair with tom this entire time <laughs> we'll, we'll grill her let us know is your heart warmed or not yeah and in other news, this story is a major think story, hopefully. The title of the article is Why Are We So Uncharitable to Those Doing Good Deeds? And it's by Nicola Rehani in The Guardian. And it's basically all about how doing good deeds attracts mistrust and even anger, mm. which is the opposite of what you would think. The article talks about the phrase humble brag, basically people who present themselves as morally superior, but the general public's response to people who are morally superior or are doing things that could be seen as morally superior and how that produces a negative response from us. It's a very thinky article i think there is no denying that this article made me think so when i was reading it i was like there's so many points going on here but basically the conclusion that it comes to is that we shouldn't damn those who do good things and options for our own being charitable because it seems like that then leads to objectively worse outcomes for example, right. veganism, why do people enjoy mocking vegans or bringing them down when potentially should we be applauding them? Because it seemed to be the biggest lifestyle change to reduce personal carbon emissions. But there's the whole thing of how do you know someone's vegan? 
you know because they'll tell you about it (laughs) yeah but then also I think with things like veganism it is such a big effort that surely you can't just be doing it to tell people that you're a vegan exactly because I know myself I could not give up chocolate for the sole purpose of telling people that I was a vegan and actually when it's something that impacts your life so much of course if you're going out for lunch with people you're going to tell them you're a vegan yeah and the article then goes on to talk about and said don't worry vegans it's not just you that there's do good derogation in like studies that they've done in the past groups tend to dislike the member who contributes the most amount of money in like a communal money pot type of thing and the reason behind it is that it makes you look back if there's one person who's giving way more money and that people actually go as far as to dislike them and want them out of the running altogether. It makes sense. It does, because I think automatically it puts you on the defensive when you see other people doing good things. And I also think it really reminds me of that episode of Friends where Phoebe tries to do a selfless good deed. And ultimately, A, doing good does make you feel good, but B, you can't keep things a secret because you're either going to want to spread this good cause say taking the veganism example if you're a vegan you're more than likely going to want to tell and encourage other people to act the same way or for example if you're going volunteering in the evening and someone invites you out for dinner you're not going to lie to them yeah but then if you say oh no i can't because i'm going volunteering then that's automatically going to then make you feel like you're being braggy it's just a lose-lose situation absolutely and it talks about that as well it says anonymous giving anonymous donations make way more sense in that way and that through studies the anonymous donations tend to be the smallest ones and also the largest ones so all kind of like middling average donations people happily put their name on it but they're giving less because maybe they can only give less they're doing it anonymously and if they're giving way more they don't want to be seen as though they're bragging so they anonymize that as well and then also there was an experiment carried out by just giving in 2010 that was super interesting they found out that when people were sharing posts of having donated they were actually making the equivalent of five pounds per like on facebook five pounds also going towards the cause so then they were like oh we must get everyone to share when they've donated but found that people weren't doing that because they didn't want to be announcing hi i've just posted and made it look like they were doing it just for you know clout (laughs) and they found it cringeworthy to sort of pat themselves on the back so they did three different options of quote that comes with the sharing one was you're an amazing person share this donation with your friends which obviously no one went for then there was see if your friends care enough about this cause as you do which was another one that people know and then the one that worked was help raise more by sharing this as well that's the two sides of it isn't it if you don't share it you're not going to raise awareness but you're probably going to feel a bit less self-conscious but if you are sharing it then you may receive some kind of judgment although to be honest people aren't going to judge you for having given they'll only probably judge you for sharing it it's like a vicious cycle because if you don't share it then how are you going to raise awareness of all these causes yeah or how are you going to encourage more people to come and volunteer at your club if you don't say i'm a volunteer for this club ah it's so tricky. <laughs> it comes down to authenticity. Are you sharing it for the right reason or to show off? And if people can weigh up people's intentions, then they're more likely to respond appropriately. That's intention. Yeah. If you're sharing that you're doing a charity run, it's probably because you want people to sponsor you and raise money. It's probably not because you want to say, look at me and how far I've run. And I think, yeah, the more authentic you are and the more positive your reasons 
for doing said activity, the more likely people are to respond positively yeah. to that. An example like that, people are definitely obviously going to share that when they're doing that. And like, there's a lot of reasons why. There is literally zero reason why you would share you giving food or money to someone in the street. Just like, like when you see yeah. MPs doing stuff like that, or yeah. it makes it almost gestural and a bit superficial. Like, look at me doing good. And it's like, yeah, I'm sure everybody else has done that at some point as well, but don't feel the need to share it. Oh, I don't know. It's a real tricky one. I think you can really tell when people are being authentic with it. Keep doing good, people. And if you want to publish it, great. And if you don't, that's fine too. That's fine too. And in other news, this story is one that's a little bit weird and wacky. And it's a story about Virgin Galactic making its first successful test flight to its tourist flights to space. Which actually gives me the fear because I don't know if I've mentioned it on the podcast before, but there is nothing I'd rather do less than go to space. Like any video of a rocket launching actually makes me squirm. I can't bear it. And I thought this was like decades off. I don't know why I thought it was so far off, but I didn't Mm. think that we'd be launching non-astronauts into space for years and years to come. And the fact that they're saying that this might be achievable by year end. Yeah. Oh, Tourists, I think that's the word they use. Like tourists, tourists go to south of France, nah, not to space. And yeah, all of the pictures of the rocket looking down on the Earth makes my stomach absolutely churn. So the story is basically that Virgin Galactic was in New Mexico and it's made its first rocket-powered flight to the fringe of space in a manned shuttle. So it had real people in it, and then they come back down to Earth. There is no part of it that's not terrifying because even once you're up there, you've still got to come back down. Yeah. You're only in the clear once you're out the shuttle. <laughs> yeah, none of it sounds fun. What do you think? Would you do this? I think I would. I was going to ask if you had the money, would you do it? But I guess your answer is straight up. Absolutely no. not. Anyone I know, I'd be like, don't tell me until you're down because I will <laughs> be living in fear. What if they like, and I'm sure that this is the case, otherwise I wouldn't be offering it, but like, what if your safety was like completely guaranteed, as safe as flying to another country? I'm not great on normal planes, to be honest with you, Days. <laughs> right, 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 right. I think this might be where it stems from. But similarly to our last topic, I feel like, why mm. would you do this unless you were just doing it to say you've done it? But this is maybe purely because I can't relate to having any desire to go up in a rocket. Maybe it would be fun. <laughs> yeah, I think to a lot of people, it would be an enjoyable experience. But then yeah. also, yeah, just to say that you've done it. That would be the only reason I'd do it. <laughs> yeah, that's fair enough. It's like when you're playing Snog Mario Void and you snog a random celebrity and you're like, yeah, it's just just to say I've done it really. Yeah. Just, just to have For the, the story. story. Yeah. <laughs> this is like ages ago when we were talking about eating Weetabix and beans and we were like, yeah, we do it just to say that we had. Just, wasn't that like the first episode? First or second, yeah. Oh, the OGs oh, will know. The OGs. <laughs> Our true fans. True fans. <laughs> But yeah, there was that video of Richard Branson celebrating, but he was very much on the ground. Mm. So when Richard Branson Are goes you... up, that's when you'll know. Yeah, I was going to say, you're only going to believe that it's doable if he's up there himself, making yeah. the advert from space, the fringe of space. You know what? I think part of me will always be in denial because I don't want to believe that it's real. Space is it's one of those things where if you think about it too much, I send myself into a little spiral because it's so big. Yeah. I used to hate those science that's lessons great. where you'd sit there and they'd be like, and space is infinite. And I'd be like, shush. <laughs> Stop that now. <laughs> Honestly, yeah, you want to be like, what does that mean? But then you also just don't want the answer. <laughs> and then if I'm on a plane, I don't know, eating my plane dinner, I'm thinking mm. I'm eating pasta in the sky. 
<laughs> do you like flying? I admit I do. I absolutely do love it. Do you clap yeah. when it lands though? No. <laughs> I'm honestly offended that you even asked me that. No, I do not clap when the plane lands. Do you? Internally. Internally. More in a, yeah. oh, we made it. <laughs> yeah, internally. I used to be really bad and then I did a year abroad and had to do a lot of flights alone. And I was like, Ellie, you, you can't panic alone this much. Like you're just going to have to get a bit of a grip. So I am fine now, but I wouldn't say it's something I enjoy. And it's there are things I'd rather spend my money on than letting Richard Branson blast me off into the atmosphere on a rocket this year. I thought Do you this think was all it's in him the future. Who's controlling the the shuttle. I think yes. it's him who does the three, two, one blast off and sends you off. He has a little button that he likes to press because <laughs> it's the power. Big red virgin button. Yeah. Bam. Sound like a bit of a scary cat. I'm, but, uh... No, I'm proud of you for overcoming your fear. I think it's one thing to not be scared and have never been scared, but to have a fear and then force yourself to basically overcome it. I think that's a great feat and I'm proud of you. Thank you very much. It's You're a great welcome. feat. My feet stay on the ground. On the floor. On the not floor. A thousand feet in the air. Oh, did there we just I think we might have done. What a fantastic way to round <laughs> off the episode. You're welcome, everyone. Chew on that for the week. <laughs> Thank you very much for listening to this week's episode of And Another News. We hope you've enjoyed our stories. And just to let you know, we're taking a double half term. So we'll be on a short break. We'll be back before you know it. Filling your earbuds. Earbuds? <laughs> yeah. Filling your earbuds with some wonderful content once again. <laughs> And make sure you subscribe so you can be notified when we are back. See you soon. Have a lovely half time.